0: Buffalo Bills fans, it's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. The Buffalo Bills beat the Miami Dolphins this weekend to move to 2-0. and And of course, the story of the week is Josh Allen leading the NFL in passing yards and most passing stats after week two of the NFL season. Allen has come a long way, certainly in his young NFL career, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a lot today. But before we do that, I wanted to remind you that you can call in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsqna. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us an email, at sbnation.com. Instagram messages, Facebook messages, you can comment on our show notes, articles that drop at BuffaloRumlings.com every Tuesday after our podcast is published. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show and let your voice be heard and ask your questions. Before we get to your questions this week, just like every week during the season, we're going to go through my five takeaways from the game that I wrote right after the Bills beat the Dolphins. Let's start where everyone else is starting, which is uh, Josh Allen's career day. Allen had 250 yards before halftime and two touchdowns and had 11 straight completions in the first half at one point. It's the most yards by a Bills quarterback before halftime since the 2000 season. He finished off the game with the third most passing yards in Bills history with 417, just two yards shy of Joe Ferguson at 419, which stood for forever before uh, Drew Bledsoe for 463 yards back in 2002. Um, Bledsoe just had, I mean, the best year of a Bills quarterback ever in 2002 um, because he's the last quarterback also in Bills history to have back-to-back 300-yard games like Josh Allen just pulled off. Allen leads the league in passing and most passing stats, which... Is kind of surprising, considering most folks think he's a bad passer. Um, obviously, we thought he could get better, but I mean, if you predicted that he'd be leading the league in in every major statistical category, um, maybe you've got a crystal ball, because even the most homerish of homers weren't thinking that. So uh, he ends up with four touchdowns, no interceptions, just a great game from Josh Allen. He was pushing the ball down the field. He had a super high yards per average or yards per attempt average. He just he did everything he wanted, and even over the last two weeks, both weeks he's done that, and that's why he's leading the league in passing. So, um, just another great game from Josh Allen. Now it's about finding out his consistency level. Can he do this in and out week in and week out every week, um, or is it something that's going to come in flashes and then go away? Um, consistency is obviously what we want. So let's see how he can keep moving forward against some better opponents. I, and I'm not saying that because I think that the the Dolphins and the Jets were super inferior opponents or that like I'm questioning his numbers to this point. He's been awesome. And I think the Dolphins are a very talented second secondary and a very well-coached team. Um, we just have to keep seeing it more and more if we're going to start talking about him as one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm very glad that we're even having that conversation. My next observation with Stefan Diggs was a steal. The Bills traded a first-round pick and change for uh, the rights to acquire Diggs, and he's just a, a type of player that the Bills haven't had in a really long time. He goes up and gets contested catches, and he did it twice on Sunday to bail out Josh Allen and the Bills really um, in come-from-behind drives. And he just he was so good on Sunday with his speed, with his physicality, with his route running. And he's even starting to open it up now more for John Brown because he's been so good and targeted so many times, 16 times in the first two games, that they have to respect him with an extra man, which is leaving John Brown one-on-one and Cole Beasley one-on-one, and those guys are going to take advantage of it all the time. 153 yards in his first touchdown. Stephon Diggs was a bright spot in that game against the Miami Dolphins. All right, we're going to shift from some positives, which we've seen to a couple of of negatives or, or maybe areas for improvement. The Bills need to extend Matt Milano now. It was very evident that Milano and Edmonds weren't on the field against the Dolphins on Sunday. Terrell Dotson maybe gave us some thoughts about maybe not needing Milano early in the game when he had a couple big plays Um, or big-ish plays, they weren't like turnovers or anything, but they were near turnovers, and he had um, a tackle in the backfield, and and he just played well early on. So maybe you thought that Milano wasn't so important. But then as the game wore on and the Dolphins' tight end just kept taking advantage uh, in the middle of the field, and the, the Dolphins' receivers were just crushing the Bills on slants, you could just see how much the Bills really do rely on those two linebackers to be an integral part of their defense. And Milano's absence was very heavily felt on Sunday. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that as uh, we get into our questions today. I know I saw that we had uh, some questions about the linebacker core, but you could just really tell that the Bills missed that underneath pass coverage all day. And, um, and the Dolphins certainly took advantage of it, uh, much to uh, Chan Gailey and Ryan Fitzpatrick's credit. The running games con- concerns continue for me as well. I know a lot of folks in the comments section are kind of giving me grief for this, like, well, it was enough running yards for them to win. Well, that's true. But Zach Moss getting 30 yards a game, averaging you know three yards a carry, is not going to do it for me. And I know he didn't necessarily do that, on Sunday, but over the course of the first two weeks, the Bills' running attack has been Josh Allen and pretty much nothing. Uh, Singletary and Moss had okay yards per attempt average on Sunday, but when the Bills really needed them, you know they didn't. They weren't able to salt away the game. They weren't able to take it to the Miami Dolphins, and we really expected that to happen with the Dolphins having a nice secondary, but not great right up the middle. So we were expecting that the Bills' running game was going to get going this week, and they didn't. So we can't expect Josh Allen to throw for 350 yards a game week in and week out every single week because the running backs can't do anything. So that's a concern for me going forward. And then the last uh, takeaway I had from the game was about the CBS uh, power outage cut in the 15 minutes of real time in the first half. The the power going out at the stadium, there should be – some sort of contingency plan in place uh, to get that out, especially because there was a raw feed that John Murphy and Steve Tasker were watching to be able to call the game on WGR. We know that the power didn't go out everywhere in the stadium. We know that there was some sort of feed being pushed out, at least to them. So there was something that could have happened um, where CBS could have made sure that we got to see the game. Those are my five takeaways from the game. You could read those over at buffalorumblings.com every week right after the game. We publish them, and they always generate a lot of great feedback from the fan base. All right, on to your questions now. Let's start by going to the phone lines, at 716-508-0405. Hey, this is Dave Summers from the San Jose Bills out here in California. Um, the defense struggled a bit against the Dolphins this week. How much bet do you think was... Um, Edmonds and Milano being out, uh, or is there, you know, any cause for worry that we might need to tune things a bit? Thanks for your question, Dave. I do think a lot of it was Edmonds and Milano being out because you can see where the Dolphins were attacking the Bills. Those slant patterns where Levi Wallace was getting abused all day was, you know, a slant pattern and then coming across the middle of the field. It was uh, Mike Jizeki, the the Dolphins' tight end. Going up the middle of the field, up the seam, and taking advantage of the soft underbelly of the defense, those are throws that Tremaine Edmonds can take away, or a lot, or at least minimize, because of his long wingspan and getting into the passing lanes. Those are coverages that Matt Milano can help with underneath, with some help over the top from a safety um, against Giusecki. So I think missing Milano and Edmonds was a really big issue. It's why I made Milano one of my five takeaways from the game and saying that he's so important to this team moving forward. So I'm not necessarily worried about the defense going forward. I do think that they're going to to bring it back. But if Milano and Edmonds are so important that they can't even adjust for it, it, it's going to be a problem because I don't know if milano is going to be back this week i think tremaine edmonds has a good chance to be back this week with his shoulder injury Uh, he could probably play through that as long as he can tolerate the pain he can still be most of the player that he normally is whereas milano can't really cover a ton of ground with the hamstring injury so i I really would like to see the bills be able to survive injuries they haven't had to do that over the last couple years really um Harrison Phillips comes to mind, but you know it's your backup defensive tackle being out for the year. Now they're down you know, Starla Tulalay, they're down Josh Norman, they're down Matt Milano, and they're down Tremaine Edmonds. They need to be able to make adjustments to their defense to be able to stop Ryan Fitzpatrick from throwing for 300-something yards on him with no interceptions and no turnovers. So, um, thanks for your question on our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. When we come back from our quick break, I'm sure there's going to be some more questions about the defense, so don't go anywhere. Over to Twitter, where at Rivardo asks us Will Edmonds and Milano return for the Rams game, and how worried should we be about the last Dolphins drive? I'm not necessarily worried about the last Dolphins drive. Um, you know, the Bills were trying to limit chunk plays and they were able to do that. Uh, Will Edmonds and Milano return for the Rams game? I think it's a a distinct possibility for Edmonds in particular. Right now, it seems to be just a pain management issue for him. Uh, He was doing range of motion work on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday when he was limited in practice. Um, So I think that it's going to be a matter of of pain tolerance and and two weeks out from that injury is probably a good target for that, which would be him returning this Sunday. Um, Milano, on the other hand, I don't think will be active this Sunday. Um, If I had to guess, he didn't practice last week. His game is built so much on his... His quickness and his leg speed—that you know—a hamstring injury is really going to hamper what he's able to do. So I wouldn't expect him back. I do expect him back the following week, though. The Bills didn't place either Edmonds or Milano on injured reserve prior to the game on Sunday, which means they think they're going to be back in three weeks or less. Uh, if they were going to be out for three weeks or more, they would have done what they did with Josh Norman and put him on injured reserve and then brought him back. The COVID-19 restrictions and collective bargaining agreement allow for players to come back after just three weeks and there's an unlimited number of players that can come back from injured reserve in 2020 so that would have made a ton of sense for them to put either Milano or Edmonds on injured reserve if they thought they were going to miss three weeks and clearly they did not think that that was going to be the case so even if Milano misses this week I'm going to expect him back the following week after the Rams game for the big game against the Las Vegas Raiders. Thanks for your question at Rumblings Q and a We're going to stay there for our next question because this is kind of a piggyback to that. Um, P Mart Supermart asks us, three of our next four games feature dynamic tight ends. What do the Bills do after seeing Jacecki go off in Miami? Should Edmonds and Milano miss more time? I think this is kind of an extension question as well because they still have one game without Josh Norman, and so you have to address Levi Wallace as well. I'm personally of the opinion that they should keep Levi Wallace out at the boundary cornerback position, especially if they're worried about tight end. They could bring Saran Neal in for a big nickel look and cover the tight end that way with Neal as you a know, nickel cornerback or even a dime cornerback with Teron Johnson on the other end um, and, and really go for cornerback look, um, especially if they don't really trust AJ Klein in coverage underneath. So uh, you could keep Saran Neal on the field for more snaps, whether you're lining him up against the tight end or helping out Levi Wallace on the underneath stuff. I just think that that makes a lot of sense. They did sub in Saran Neal for Levi Wallace a few times last week. So if they want Neal to play ahead of Wallace, that's obviously going to take that possibility out of play. But I think that that actually makes the most sense. Keep Wallace at the boundary cornerback, put Neal in, as your nickel or dime cornerback uh, to cover the tight end and maybe help out in some of the underneath coverage areas as well. Plus, you can come up and make some tackles from that big nickel position. I, I, there really isn't a whole lot else that they can do besides shift their entire game plan and mentality. So they're going to have to figure out really early on whether Edmonds or Milano are going to be back they have to have figured it out already so that they can install that game plan uh, Wednesday. So, again, if I think that Matt Milano's not playing, which is what I think, and I think Tremaine Edmonds can give it a go, I like that option a lot. Terrell Dodson and Tremaine Edmonds are your linebackers. Um, you can bring in Saran Neal for Dodson sometimes as, you know, that big nickel option and or the big dime option, rather, if, if Taron Johnson's on the other side covering some sort of uh, shifty slot receiver that the Rams— might want to put in play so neil is going to be the key for me covering those tight ends at least until matt milano can return thanks for your question over at rumblings q and a shifting gears just a little bit b mormon 2020 asks us which quarterbacks have the most passing yards in the nfl there's only one answer to this question and it is josh allen of the buffalo bills Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, leads the NFL in passing yards. Thanks, uh, B. Mormon, for your question. Wanted to make sure I cleared up that stat for you. Austin on Twitter asks us, Will my overwhelming love for Josh Allen and this team affect my marriage? That's the first question. I don't think it will affect your marriage. I guess that's going to be dependent on how much time you spent listening to podcasts and reading articles and and all that stuff, and if it's really impacting your your personal life, maybe you should think about some balance there. But I don't want to tell you how to live your life. That's not my job. And second question from Austin is, uh, when Josh puts up 500 yards against the Rams, will the naysayers finally be impressed? I'm not hearing a ton of naysayers anymore. I'm really not. All I'm hearing is, is what I said at the beginning. Okay, he's proven he can do it. Now he has to prove how consistently he can do it. I think most of the naysayers are... You know, being fairly quiet after the first two weeks of the season because even though he had a couple meme-worthy throws in week one, he didn't really have any of those in week two, and he was pushing the ball down the field, and his yards per attempt was high. There's really not a whole lot to to give him grief for in week two. I know Pro Football Focus ranked him like their 11th best quarterback on Sunday, which you know got a lot of Bills fans riled up. But, I mean, if you're using Pro Football Focus grades as your only Measuring stick for a quarterback play Then maybe you should branch out a little bit So I, I don't know if there's a ton Of naysayers right now There's a whole bunch of folks that aren't yet ready To eat crow on Josh Allen Because they need to see it for longer Stretches of time but uh, It's a good question Austin I mean I hope he doesn't have to throw for 500 yards Because the Bills are you know, pounding the rock With a 21 point lead in the second half So uh, thanks for your question Over on Twitter at rumblings Q&A before we get to our last question, I wanted to congratulate the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Last week we surpassed 1 million downloads for the 2020 calendar year. A pretty impressive number and I'm really just I'm just really ecstatic about all the the new folks we've added over the past, you know, 12 months, 18 months and years now since we started the Podcast Network, and just how fast it's grown and how awesome all of you are for listening. So I wanted to congratulate all the rest of the bloggers uh, and podcasters on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network for reaching 1 million listens in 2020. All right. Our last question comes from our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Yeah. Hi, Matt. This is Matt calling from waga Um my question is about the QB position. Uh I appreciate Allen's talent and his unique skill set, but I continue to be concerned about him running the ball too much. Uh I am not confident in either Matt Barkley or Jake Fromm in filling that starting QB position. Uh you know, theoretically, God forbid, let's say Allen goes down with an injury, could the Bills try and go out and sign a similar Allen-type player to fill that position, potentially? Thanks, Matt. Love the show. Well, thanks, Matt, from Cheek to Wagga. Um, I'm not necessarily worried about Josh Allen getting injured on runs like that. Um, Bruce Nolan did a lovely breakdown of that uh, last week at um, – uh, on his show, uh, The Bruce Exclusive, on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Um, quarterbacks are more likely to be injured in the pocket than they are out of the pocket. Um, there's guys diving at their feet. There's di- guys diving at their ankles and knees. There's, you know, standing there, delivering a ball, looking down the field, not able to protect themselves. Josh Allen running the ball is able to lower his shoulder and deliver hits. Um you know the the big question for me is like a concussion. Somebody coming in high on him, um, and he's not necessarily able to protect himself on that. But even on Sunday against the Dolphins, we saw him slide. We saw um, him run out of bounds. We also saw him, you know, lower his shoulder and run through a linebacker and take a couple extra hits and not even get the first down. So um, he talked about this a little bit on ESPN First Take Monday morning after the the win over Miami, and he said that. Every once in a while, you just need to prove to your team that you're willing to do everything to win so that they are. I'm more concerned about the fumbles than I am about the injuries because they've proven to be much more, I don't know, frequent. So, I mean, he can protect himself okay when he's running the ball. He just needs to protect the ball when he's running as well. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the Bruce exclusive from September 17th called uh, Josh Allen and Jets Narratives. Bruce goes through all of the designed runs for Allen and how he can protect himself and and all that as well. So if you missed that episode, go back and listen to that one right now if you're concerned about Josh Allen's running and being injured. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, you can call in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. Tweet us at Q and a on Twitter. That's with the word and spelled out. Email rumlings at sbnation.com Instagram messages Facebook messages also work and they get to me You can comment on our comments section At our Rumlings Q&A show notes every Tuesday When they drop on the website uh, Really looking forward to this game Against the Los Angeles Rams It's another litmus test game for the Bills Can they beat a high quality opponent um, I mean the Rams are traveling Across country for a 1pm Eastern start time uh, the, the Bills should have advantage at least early in this game as long as they can survive their third quarter slump that seems to happen every week i'm really looking forward to a nice bills win go bills